everyone. Welcome to the 401k Marketing Podcast. Are you ready to be the go-to expert in the retirement plan community? Listen in as we share ideas, resources, and best practices that you can use to professionalize your firm, demonstrate your authority, and earn more 401k business. Sales, technology, and more sales. Welcome back to the 401k Marketing Podcast with Rebecca Hourhand. Rebecca is the CMO of 401k Marketing. She knows a few things about the sales process and pipelines and the joys of old versus new technology. I'm Patrice Sikora. Rebecca, sales is the lifeblood of any business. And that suggests that leads are crucial and the sales process is always happening. It's always ongoing. But how can someone jumpstart those contacts? Great question, Patrice. Find that right now, especially since we're going in the middle of a pandemic, a lot of folks are questioning their traditional sales model. They're saying, wait a minute, is this still working? Or should I be through something to change or to modify it? And that's what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> because when you're going through this abrupt change that we're all in together, uh, it's an opportunity to reevaluate what you're doing, what's working with what you're doing today, and then where are some ways where you can maybe edit that so that way you're taking a step forward and embracing digital technology. So there's this traditional sales pipeline. Tell me about that and the pros and cons. The traditional sales pipeline, and I'm going to go back to when I was a young financial advisor and I had this fantastic mentor and he said, hey, kid, here's an Excel spreadsheet. Smile and dial your way through the form 5500. That's what those were, was plan, plan administrators with phone numbers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 22, bashful, you know, full of life me said, okay. And I just pounded the phone one after the next, rejection, 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 <laughs> over and over again. But I put in the work. And I tried to set up some meetings, which eventually I, out of the, I don't know, let's say, 10 weeks of phone calls and 3,000 names, I got three appointments. Oh right, my gosh. Three <laughs> appointments. <laughs> and if the uh, old fashioned sales mentality of Al Granham back in the day, if you guys remember this, uh, it takes 10 prospects to get three leads and those three leads, one of those three turns into a client old shoebox model. Well, truth be told, one of those turned into a client. Now, that was the year, what, 2000-ish, 2005? <laughs> Things have changed. Things have absolutely changed. And if I was sitting here today, smiling and dialing, that, that would not be the definition of a successful business. No. Rather, when it comes to sales and marketing today, you really want to take a digital approach. Uh, start by looking on you have to start off with a list. That's just the basics of any marketing program. And because our industry, the retirement plan space has such wonderful access to the Form 5500, it's a public database. You can either access it directly from the Department of Labor's website, which is a little bit more uh, labor intensive, that's probably why it's called the Department of Labor. <laughs> <laughs> or you can use uh, one of the Search 5500 product providers, uh, fiduciary benchmarks comes to mind. And you just download the list, just straight up download the list. And then you have your basis, you have your starting point. Once you have your starting point, go to social media. Oh my goodness, what a game changer. Look up the name of the plan administrator. You're going to find 
you know, the information on that form is going to be, um, could be potentially older, but that doesn't mean the company doesn't exist. So once you find the company, start to like, comment, share, connect, most importantly, with those decision makers on that company. That's going to help you build up your pipeline. And you make a very good prospects. point. You make a very good point in your articles that social media is great. But it's what you post or send that really makes the difference. You can connect all you want, but you've got to have something of substance. Yep. So once you start building your organic connections, your followers, the next step is you have to post content. If you're thumbing through social media, take stock of where you pause. Why? Why do you pause on that? Well, chances are whatever that person had posted speaks to you in some regard. Now take that same approach and that mentality and apply it to your prospects. If I'm the director of HR and you have a handy dandy checklist about how to track down missing participants, I'm going to stop. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pause. I might download that list. And that's going to start to begin that digital conversation. Now that's just a post. What about something more, something that really offers value, in-depth things to show that you know what you're talking about? There's um, a lot of different content pieces nowadays. Everyone always thinks like, oh, you can you should only have one. No, do it all. Uh, if you like writing, write a blog. Uh, this is a little bit of a tangent, but we're in, um, I'm kind of hungry today. So I've got turkey on the brain. <laughs> well, if you think of, um, if you think of a turkey, like a big turkey. This is actually from my teammate, Sasha Seabrand. She, she comes, she came up with this analogy. So if you think of a big turkey and you cook your turkey, then after you cook your turkey, you usually make soup or stuffing or something else out of the remains that you didn't just eat at the kitchen at the dining room table. Content's the same way. Start with a macro piece of content, a big old turkey, a 15 pound turkey. <laughs> and then from that, create derivative content, soup, stuffing, etc. cetera. Uh, so a blog article is an example of a macro piece of content. A webinar is macro content. A participant infographic, planned sponsor guide, a checklist. Those are all big pieces that take time and effort to create. Then from those, take micro content, create the, create the stuffing where you put together email campaigns and small social media posts that are teasers that promote your big turkey, your macro content. I love that idea. That's really, it's, it's so creative. It's so visual. It's easy to follow. I, I think you're hungry too, Patrice. I am. I am. But don't start. Okay. <laughs> don't start. All right. So we've got the technology and you're moving out there. What about looking at the technology you've been using? Maybe there's something better out there, but oh, you're comfortable with what you have. No, 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 tell me. We see this all the lot. Uh, and a lot of times, especially in our space, because we are so regulated uh, by the back offices, our home offices, that there's not a lot of flexibility in what you can do. And we understand that and there's nothing you can really do, but I would ask your home office about what are some of the email platforms that we can use? You know, they're gonna, some of them might say Constant Contact, some might say HubSpot, some may say MailChimp, um, some may say I, you know, there's, there's more available that we don't even know about. And just like it's good due diligence to ask your plan sponsor clients, 
to go through an RFP every couple of years. Same thing's true with your own technology. If it's not working for you, or if you think it's working, but you're not really sure if it's the best, go through an RFP. Interview three, pick three, pick three different companies that you think might be able to give you a different email option. Uh, we just came out with, uh, we're in the midst right now of doing due diligence on our email provider. We use MailChimp. We'll just tell everyone we use MailChimp today. And uh, we're noticing that via MailChimp that some of our emails are getting blocked. Super normal. It just happens. It's, it's great content. We've got a quality list of people who subscribe to our materials. Well, we're in the midst of evaluating different email providers as we speak to figure out like, hey, is there something better out there that we can get through those different filters and actually land in inboxes? I'll tell you guys later in the next podcast which one we choose. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that in mind, what can a business do to find out how they stack up against the competitors? Okay, so Charles Schwab just came out with a study and they found that uh, for financial advisors that your top three, which is very normal, um, referral sources should come from 3.7% of top performing teams received referral sources from their clients. So 3.7% of new business activity comes from client referrals. 1.5% uh, of activity comes from centers of influence introductions. And my favorite is 3.1% of new client activity comes from marketing efforts. This was actually a really big shift in the study that they found because historically the marketing efforts did not account for such a high percentage, 3.1%, uh, which means that now more and more consumers are searching online for find information on financial services. How can you turn that, that information of people looking at you into a possible lead or a prospect. This is that next step in the sales pipeline. So it starts to become into the interest and decision-making phase. So I'll just from a background summary, the first step of the sales pipeline is awareness. Uh, plan sponsor realizes, hey, something's wrong with my company's retirement plan. That need help. Interest means that they're Googling for information. They're reaching out to their fellow friends who are similar decision-makers, centers of influence. The next phase is the, is the decision phase. This is generally where they have uh, interviews with advisors and are starting to say like, okay, will we have good or do we need better? And the last phase is um, the action phase, which in our business, uh, you either win or you learn. Mm. So, <laughs> uh, with, so when Patrice, to your question, um, the, the, when a prospect has interest and you want to convert them into a potential lead, you need to have something that is clickbait. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tell me. Clickbait is some sort of juicy offering. It could be a checklist, an infographic. It could be a uh, what's in your fiduciary file. It could be a landing page on your website that offers a complimentary benchmarking report. There's lots of different things depending on what the plan sponsor is going through right now and where their questions lie. So you want us to try to start to say, what are some of the FAQs that most of our clients have? And then how do I have pages on my website that solve those problems? Suppose you want to just concentrate on a small area, like a niche market. Is that worth the effort? Yes. <laughs> okay. 
please expand. Yes. <laughs> uh, niche, if you, if you kind of take a step back and define what's a niche, a niche could be a geographic area. It could be a uh, company specific. So like soap companies, uh, it's just an example off the top of my head. Uh, it could be companies where they have really high average account balances. There's lots of different areas to define niche. I think the first step is sitting down and writing out what do you want your niche to be? And then once you have that, you want to really back into a business plan. What is the search engine optimization? What are the words you're using that your clients use? So the same verbiage and then applying that to your website. And then how are you inside of groups? So if you leverage social media again, how are you within groups promoting your experience working within that specified niche? How do you go about identifying the companies that you might want to work with? Going back to that search 5,500 yeah. again, lots <laughs> of beautiful little gems are in that data. Tell me a little bit about that though and using that. I'm, I'm not sure what I know about that database. So I'm a nerd, um, self-proclaimed. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and that database has uh, what are called the NAISC codes, which is a fancy way of saying the business codes for each one of the companies. Um, every company in our, every company within our country has a code associated with them based on their industry that they're in. So that's one way to find a niche. Um, another way is a lot of times the Form 5500 will say if it's publicly traded or not. So if you want to work with publicly traded companies, that's a whole nother bag of worms. Um, or if you want to work with small business owners, they can identify that there. You can see average account balance. You can see employer contributions. A lot of our clients say they want to work with paternalistic companies. So to find a paternalistic company, you'd figure out what the employer match would be. And that'll give you some sort of good kind of inside baseball uh, if that employer is paternalistic in their the way that they approach their company culture. All right. Talk to me about scalability. I love the word to begin with. Scalability is all about having technology that enables you to be more efficient. <laughs> all going could, back to technology, all of yeah, it. It really is. I, this year, if, if there's one area to focus in and to really apply more business resources, it's all on tech. Right now, podcasts, like this is a great example. This is technology being leveraged. Um, you can do videos, that's another idea. It's all things that we produce one time and then have this awesome multiplier effect. So I would look at anything within your business today that is singular and try and figure out a way to make it multiply. And going back again, technology, you have different age groups. How do you address the different age groups? I mean, I'm talking baby boomers, Gen Xers with technology because not everybody is comfortable with all kinds of technology. Oh, you mean how when I FaceTime my parents, it's a combination of a forehead oh. and a chin? <laughs> and that's not yours, I'm sure. Constantly, dad, move the phone down. Mom, move the phone up. Oh. You can do it. At least yours are using a phone. My mother has a flip phone. She will not go with a, an iPhone or an Android. It's like, mom, really, you could see, you could see your grandkids, you know, it, it's easy. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> um, how, how do you tackle that? Sure. Uh, it's all based on demographics. There's actually a lot of studies out there that say that baby boomers appreciate phone calls. 
that Gen Xers uh, like newsletters and researching on social media, that millennials like YouTube videos uh, to do their own research, so watching the YouTube video to get education, and then um, the Gen Zers um, like memes, so like funny things on memes, which I love memes. So I, I do too. I, Wait a minute. I, I love them. <laughs> My goal one day is to do an entire industry presentation in memes. <laughs> Invite me, please. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> Been working on it for a couple of years. It hasn't come full circle yet, but that is one of my goals. <laughs> so then, what about robocalls? I hate them. Yeah, no one likes them. I, yeah. I a lot of times um, when we talk to client or prospects, they say, I, "I have to do cold calling," and I'll just say, "Why?" And you know, we're not supposed to say that. So they go, "Well." that's what I was taught. You know, okay, well, when was the last time you bought something from a cold caller? I'll say never, but cold calling works. Well, there's cold calling and then there's informed calling. If you already connected to that person on social media, if you've been communicating back and forth with them uh, online, if they're part of your email campaign and they're opening your content and they're engaging with your materials, and you can see literally all of this on the back end of each one of the platforms, um, that's not a cold call. That's an informed call and you're calling them up. Also, when you cold call today, where are you calling? I mean, yeah, you're yeah. in your home, right? I'm, I'm in my office, but uh, the rest of my team is all at their home. So how are you finding the right contact information to reach those plan sponsors, especially today? Do you see us ever getting back into the office and changing any of these ideas to reach people? I think it's gonna be digital technology. That's the way we're gonna have to adapt for it. And the people who are creating content today are the ones who are really going to stand tall and stand out as the as not only the thought leaders but the business leaders in our space. All right, Rebecca, is there anything we've covered a lot of things today? Is there anything else you want to mention that we haven't yet? I would say if you're doing something on a singular basis, ask yourself: Do you need to be doing it? one-to-one -one, or can you multiply it? And if the answer is you think you can multiply it, yeah. I would put in a couple of Google searches here and there to do some research. Don't settle for old technologies and really try and maximize your voice, your skills, so that way you can have a better, better and more scalable retirement plan practice in the new year. And how can listeners reach you if they wanna talk more about this or if they've got some questions and ideas of their own? Excellent. Well, you can please reach out to me directly at Rebecca at 401k-marketing.com. You can reach us on our website. And of course, you can find me on LinkedIn. All right, Rebecca Auerhan of 401k Marketing. To make sure you know when a new episode of Rebecca's 401k Marketing podcast is available, all you have to do is subscribe using the subscribe button on this page. And of course, you can also share with colleagues, with friends, with the share button. I'm Patrice Sikora. And let's talk again later. Thank you so much for listening to today's 401k marketing podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of our guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of 401k marketing. The content has been available for informational and educational purposes only. We hope you enjoyed.